Hello and welcome to the Ask Girl podcast. Now, in the coming moments, I'm going to be introducing Mr. Bridgefield, who is one of our most charismatic, successful um, in what he has accomplished with us, and as well as that, one of our most exceptional clients. And you'll hear from him in the coming moments. Mr. Bridgefield has been training with May Kovacova over the past nine months. May obviously has undergone, undergone her own transformation. She has the incredible ability to inspire others to do this, to make the same change. Mr. Bridgefield has lost over 30 kilos. That's over five stone of body fat. He has gained a substantial amount of strength and has improved his well-being for for so much better. So his overall, his transformation is awe-inspiring is is brilliant now the thing that we have to first address before i take you on to mr bridgeville is that his changes are not typical and i'll give you the the reasons as to why they're not typical in a moment at the moment when it comes to the judgment that we put on others for being unfit or out of shape it is very individualistic and it shouldn't be When we look at the UK in particular, the UK is going through a monumentous change of weight, lifestyle and health. We are eating too much and moving too little on a national basis, not an individualistic basis. And therefore, we have to accept that people are getting bigger. And if they're losing weight, you're already going against the grain. Let alone, let alone um, to the extent that people like Mr. Bridgefield and Makeover Cover have done. They are exceptional. The reason why they're exceptional is because if we can just touch on the physiological changes that have to occur when you lose so much weight or when you go through such a huge transformation your identity has to shift. You are no longer a big person. You're becoming a smaller person. That can affect people's self-esteem. It can affect their identity, not always for the better to begin with. When it comes to a hormone called leptin, leptin correlates to the amount of body fat that you store. When leptin shoots down, as it does with drastic weight loss, it will cause you tremendous cravings you will crave food as though you're addicted to it when it comes to insulin sensitivity uh, insulin being the hormone that causes you to store fat you start to become increasingly more sensitive to insulin um, which can have positive effects overall but to adapt to those changes can be very testing and it's important that if you're looking to make this transformation, you're aware of these tests. Mr. Bridgefield will touch on them as we progress into the podcast. So, without further ado, I would like to uh, introduce Michael Bridgefield in our official Ask Girl podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. What we started to do, because I think that these stories definitely deserve to be told, is we've started to uh, interview our clients who have achieved... Uh, absolutely phenomenal results and to be honest 90% of our clients achieve fantastic results but Michael without the doubt, without a doubt is exceptional in the results that he's achieved uh, May, uh, sorry Michael you've been training with May for how long now would you say? It's just about nine and a half months. Nine and a half months and can you give uh, a few, can you give like a summary of, of what you've achieved with May so far? 
I like to try and use the words we whenever possible because if it wasn't for her and you, I wouldn't actually be here because I've got the world's like, shortest ever attention span and I get bored very easily. But when I first walked through the door, I was probably the best part of sort of I'm between 125 and 130 kilos. For some reason, she seemed to see some potential and she told me, I think it was probably even on like the second session that she could get me down to 85 kilos and um, get me with, you know, bigger muscles and overall fitness. And I thought that was absolute nonsense. I didn't think it was possible. And she, but she said it could take the best part of a year. And that has turned out to be almost perfectly true because here I am nine and a half months later, I'm 88 kilos instead of, you know, like 125. You know, what muscles all over the place. And, yeah, we'll uh, put some pictures up. Put some of the pictures up, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's been it's been interesting. It's always varied. She's one of life's great characters. Every week, you know, the training is different, but there's no doubt about it. He's he's brutal. If you for you to have um, for for me to have said to you that this is the kind of long term outcome, I and mean, for you to have doubted that, there must have been some short term factors that are motivating you. So, what was making motivating you say? weekly or, or monthly to carry on with the process? Well, after I got uh, injured, I mean, I would still did loads of exercise before mm. coming here, but my, my diet was rubbish. And it was when I got injured and I didn't change my diet that the weight soared. And then I had that incident where I, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. I realised that I was struggling a bit, you know, even to simple things like getting out of bed in the morning and walking up the stairs. Right. That's when I felt that it was necessary to do things. But the good thing that when you're that badly out of condition and you do start to combine your exercise with your training, that the results are pretty quick. You get yeah. your newbie gains, or what in my yeah, case yeah, was yeah. was newbie losses. So the weight started to drop off quite quickly. And when May eventually took over my diet as well, which she didn't at first, that's when everything started to like fit in nicely. Why didn't she take over your diet at first? Did you, did you, did you find that was too much at that time? I wasn't prepared, I'm an untrusting person, I just wasn't prepared to put all of my eggs in one basket until I was absolutely 100% certain. Mm-hmm. So initially when I came in here, I mean, I was a horrible person. I mean, you should have told me to sod off. No. I, said, <laughs> I said, all I want you to do, I said, I want you to train me, I'm not gonna be measured, I'm not gonna be weighed, train me. And mm-hmm. so I had somebody else that was doing my diet and was measuring me every now and again. But uh, when I wanted to switch over from like cycling targets, which I had to getting my muscles back, that's when I thought, yeah, I'm gonna hand over everything to May. And uh, that, that was it. So we started, she knew that I was cycling long distances and walking long distances, which she doesn't always approve of because it can lead to loss of muscle. But the combination of that plus the weight training, and plus the most important thing, the diet, that is when I started to really see and feel the, the benefits. The fat was just disappearing. Yes. What would you say your lifestyle was like before you started then? It, it was okay as long, as long as I was active. When, ah, okay. I, when, when I got injured and I didn't change my diet, I didn't realise how bad my diet was until I started to discuss it with me. I mean, my idea of breakfast was that my breakfast was so big, I actually bought a dog's bowl from Amazon, I would put like tw- anything between 12 and 15 Weetabix in it with uh, half a litre of milk and four tablespoons of honey because I right. thought I need all of these carbs. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was massively overestimating the amount of calories that I required. Okay. You know, okay. I was probably on about three and a half, four thousand calories a day. Now I'm on two. Right. So you, your, your transformation, because you were doing a lot, right? You were still very active. 
a lot of it was about just making these small realizations about portion control, about where you should be getting most of your food from, things like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, now, what we've done is we've we've assessed the journey of quite a lot of other um, people who have made quite significant transformations, and they seem to all have gone through uh, certain phases, most of the time psychologically. So I'm going to ask you is just a few questions as to what might have created this epiphany, what might have created this epiphany. So first question, um, when people start to make a significant change to their lifestyle, a lot of the time there's an epiphany involved. Um, so a moment of realization that what you were doing up to this point might not be the best way forward. So what was your build up to that point in time? Well, it was uh, what really made me think two things. One of them was my weight, and two, it was a visit to the doctor, which was totally unrelated to health, but because I had blocked up here, has resulted in a quite extraordinarily high blood pressure reading. Then that was, I realised that that was pretty dangerous. I had a pair of 120 centimetre trousers, and my waistline was just hanging over the edge of it, which, and I thought, you know, this is now dangerous. Okay. And I wasn't exercising at the time due to injury, so I thought, I've got to do something about this now, otherwise I'm just going to end up, I'll be lucky to reach 60. A lot of people would have just gone on blood pressure medications, why didn't you, what did you, what, why, why wouldn't you? I'm pretty to... bloody minded when it comes to things like that, he's had me on drugs before, he had me on statins and told me that I'd be on them for the rest of my life, I just threw them in the bin, I changed my diet and I was, you know, my uh, cholesterol thing the last time it was measured was something like 3.9, nice. he's had me on drugs for obesity, now he wanted me to have drugs on blood pressure and I just said, no, it's not necessary, he mm -hmm. said you'll probably be on these for the rest of your life and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not taking it, pretty stupid thing to do, but because of the conditions under which they were taken, I just climbed off my bike after a 15 mile bike ride, you know, in freezing weather, and my blood pressure was taken within like five minutes. Thankfully, it wasn't as high as he said, but a couple of weeks later it was measured again and it was still not perfect. It was still in like 140s, which isn't ideal. And that's when I thought, I'm gonna to have to do something about this. I didn't feel that at my age I could do it on my own. It wouldn't be very wise to do it on my own. And that's when I started to, Search around for a personal trainer. Nice. How did you notice that your beliefs? Uh, how did you notice that your beliefs towards yourself and your behaviours changed? So it could be, for example, you started to view food differently. Or you could start to view exercise differently, or view yourself differently. Did that change at all for you? Uh, food was in control of me, and now I'm in control of it. Mm -hmm. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you start to loathe yourself, you're thinking, oh, I can't do this, what's the point? I just might as well, you know, go up the cafe and have a massive breakfast and then, you know, all kinds of tuna, mayo, crisps, chocolates. And you, you just get trapped in this vicious circle. A lot of people, a lot of people worry that they lose pleasure over their diet, they lose um, enjoyment from their diet. Okay, so how's that, how, how does that differ for you? Well, when I first got my diet sheet from May, I mean, I was... I was absolutely horrified she said I'm going to do this diet sheet and there's no way you will follow it <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was just dreading but you know great porridge absolutely I absolutely love porridge yeah. I've got no problem with that at all there was turkey chicken tuna obviously without without the mayo and all this unassociated bits yeah pasta brown rice small amounts of bread almond butter what yeah. almond <laughs> butter on my diet mate Michael's just talked about how much he enjoyed the diet that you put him on you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. The only thing 
was that I struggled with was the uh, the vegetables. I mean, she yeah. gave me unlimited amounts of vegetables, and that, that that is a struggle. Initially, I was mixing it with cottage cheese just to make it palatable, but when she found out that, she went mental, so that had to stop. <laughs> and then I gradually converted myself to eat, you know, like tins of... Uh, What's that green is the stuff that Popeye takes? Spinach. Spinach, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take tins of spinach. So every other day I'll swap all my vegetables and just have spinach instead. So the diet is more than sufficient. Okay, good start. And you still enjoy it as much as you were previously? I, I haven't grown bored with it, but yeah, I have yes. lost... Like the one time that I have completely lost taken leave of my senses and did go into the cafe for a massive great big fry-up like I used to have, just didn't like it anymore. It just, yeah. Mate, what do you, Maze, when you do have clients who start to get a little bit, because one thing you should know, Maze a trained professional cook, a chef, sorry, professional chef. So when your clients do sometimes get bored of uh, what they're eating, do you, how do you spice it up for them? How do you change things for them? You, you reintroduce um, different ways of preparing the food, adding different spices, so that they, so let's say somebody is literally just only having egg whites and they're literally just having scrambled egg whites and they're getting really bored of it because it is egg whites, then all you need to tell them is, well, why don't you just make an omelette out of it? Okay. And you, you change the way you prepare it, even though you're having the same amount of calories, yeah. you just have it differently with different spices. So technically, you could be having chicken three times a day, every day, but as long as you use different spices on each of those, it feels like a different meal. If you bake one, if you steam one, and if you dry fry one, you're going to have different textures, you're going to have different flavors. Same calories. Same calories, different palette, mm -hmm. completely different. Sounds good. Um, right, so Michael, another thing, I know that, mate, you've got a mantra, haven't you? Huh? What's your mantra? Manager's like uh, something that you say to yourself every day to get yourself well, going. Well, you know mine, I sent you what I used to do, I used to have my stickers around yes. yeah, yeah. my door. Yeah, so yeah. A, lot, a lot of people have a mantra or an affirmation that they will say to themselves to keep themselves going. Uh, so it could be, for example, like, pain is temporary, glory is forever, you can do this. Have you got a mantra that you, that you, that you like to tell yourself or live by on a day-to-day -day basis? It's probably second sucks. <laughs> That's a good one. I don't like coming. I don't like coming second. Okay. <laughs> I'm a boxer. We don't like coming second, do you? No, you? no. I'm not come second. No. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, right. What are you working on for the future of your health and fitness? Have your has your goal changed at all? Have the goalposts or the or the standard of your goals changed at all since you first started? Well, when I first came here, my main goal was to be able to do a 10 mile time trial on my bike in under 30 minutes. This year it wasn't really going to happen. I mean, my, my cycling partner, Rog, who is, uh, he, he's, he's sub 25 minutes. He's about the same age as me, he's about the same height as me, but he's 73 kilos, and that is probably about the average weight of the kind of person that does that. So I'm more reliant on power than anything else. But now that my weight is down into the 80s, that is something that I really would like to be able to prove something to myself and just go out and do it. Nice. No. This is an interesting question, because you mentioned it before about you, you and May working well together. How did you find that May's approach uh, worked for you? What, what specifically about May do you feel worked for you? Well, I haven't got the opportunity to do anything bad and get away with it. Right. I mean, because it says on your website, when I officially read it, that you have monthly measurements, and I have weekly measurements. I'm weighed and measured all over every week. Mm. I haven't got the opportunity to do something stupid and for it to not show up 
in that way. I, d I did it once. I went out and for some stupid reason decided to have six beers and a curry on a Friday night. On Sunday, there's no way you can get rid of what you've done. That's going to show up somewhere. So it is, she is massively strict. She, she, she's very, very... That strict accountability she's works very, for you. Yeah, it's very, very strict. She caught me with a bottle of Oasis in, in my bag and I didn't realise that. She went mental. You know, there's these six spoonfuls of sugar in that. What do you think you're doing? You'll ruin everything, you know. That's good. <laughs> I, I need that. Yeah. Because I feel that without her, I could take a step back. But at the moment, I'm, I'm pretty much in awe of the girl. And she, Pretty terrifying, really, isn't she? She does scare me. Yeah, she once caught me in Tesco with, with, a, with a Mars bar. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like hiding the damn thing behind me back, you know, so she can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and just to, just, to, just to let you guys know who are listening to this, we specify the approach to each individual. So at one point, you would have said to me, or may would have assessed that that was the right approach for you. Yeah, she's not obviously going to do that to. Everybody, you yeah. know, some of the things that she says to me, she wouldn't get away with with other clients. But, but. Have you, have you, historically, have you always responded well to quite a, um, quite a rigid, um, not so much a rigid, but quite a, yeah, I suppose a strict. Yeah, strict regime. I, I, I need a, yeah. I need a strict regime. Okay. And you come from a powerlifting background, right? So do you, that... It was powerlifting, but the great love of my life when I was younger was arm wrestling, which is sort of not that much in this country nowadays, it's more an American, a Canadian and a Russian thing, but that is what I, I love to do. Uh, what is your strategy or your routine for maintaining your progress on this journey? It is, it, it's, it's a combination of things. It's a combination of maintaining my diet, keeping up the cardio, which is probably pretty excessive for what I am now. I think one week I sort of like, one month I like registered 87 hours, which is a bit crazy, but I can't keep off my bike and I love walking. And it was introduction of um, the high intensity interval training that really saw my performance on a cardiovascular basis start to, start to boost. So it's, it, that's what I'm going to be doing. And uh, I think May was talking about maybe increasing my calories and bulking up a little bit and then okay. cutting down because I'm not going to get realistically lose that much more fat now. And I haven't got a particular goal, I'm just, you know, enjoying the journey really more that's than anything good. else. That's really good. And how would you say that your emotional well-being has changed since your transformation? I, a year ago, or I would never be sitting down here with you, you know, having a conversation like this, and I possibly wouldn't have even walked through the door. You know what I was like when I came here, I was a bit troublesome, wasn't I? Oh, no, not I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, you want to... <laughs> um, how, what do you feel about the, what was it that... The training or the, the dietary changes or your appearance, what do you feel changed to create that change? It's my appearance, not being satisfied okay. with the way that I am, but seeing the improvements. I'll stop looking at my mirror and thinking, you know, you fat piece of crap. I'm looking at the mirror now thinking, you know, you've, you, you've achieved something. And when you get feedback from people, especially people that haven't seen you for like three or four months, I think, you know, what, what are you doing? Well, you look great. Nice. Things, things like that keeps I, me going. I, I interviewed uh, one of our clients years ago now, and I think he, he went through quite a similar journey to you, um, and he was quite tormented by what a lot of people used to say to him at school because of how big he was at school. And one thing that he mentioned, um, I'd like your opinion on it if that's right, Michael, he said that a lot of people who are, are massively overweight um, and who do struggle uh, physically or, or psychologically 
uh, with the self-esteem, etc., will say that they're happy, um, but he doesn't. He doesn't feel that anyone who finds it that difficult who um, to, to be that big can be happy. So he will say that, although they say they're happy, um, he doesn't think they can be. What, what would be your opinion on that? I don't think if you were the size that I was, I don't think that you can be. You might be mentally happy, but you, you must know in yourself that you're heading towards problems in later life if you don't do anything about it. What I have learned is the visceral fat. It is, it is the fat around the waist that for men is the main problem. It's the fat around all of the organs. It's just not viable to be in that kind of condition that I was in and be happy with it if you're realistic. Mm. You can put your head in the sand and say, you know, I'm going to be okay, I've been like this for years, it's not a problem. But once you hit my age, 50s and 60s, that is when it does start to become a problem. You'll be heading towards cardiovascular disease, diabetes, you know, heart disease, strokes. So you felt that was looming over your head the whole time that you were, you were bigger? Did you, did you feel that, um, not impending doom, but did you feel like you were going towards an ill state of health in, in yeah, the future? Yeah, I did. Right. Simply because, I mean, I started to suffer from sleep apnea or whatever they call it. I mean, my snoring would actually not even wake myself up. Even the neighbours heard it, you know. And I'm, I'd be waking up four or five times a night with a sore throat because I'd been snoring so much. I was, if there was any kind of bug around, I would get it. Now I don't. I was suffering from hemorrhoids all of the time, you know, that's gone. Headaches, which was probably resulted to blood pressure, that has all gone. So all the kinds of things that I used to suffer from, from being heavy, have just, just disappeared. Nice. Uh, Michael, that's all I wanted to ask you today. Thank you so much for That's no problem at all. It's, it's the least I can do, but as I said, it, it is a team effort. I wouldn't be here. I mean, she beats me up and you fix me up. <laughs> when she destroys me in the gym, you're, you're, you're there to patch up any, any injuries. It is a team effort. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. No, no, I, I, thank you so much. I mean, well, that makes me proud. I appreciate that. Um, what we'll do is we'll continue to interview our exceptional clients, and Mark was definitely an exceptional client. Um, if you guys have got any questions leading up to our future episodes, then please write in. But Michael, thank you so much for no coming today. I appreciate that. Thank Cheers. you.